This is taking this. This 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 poem. I don't even know. Hey guys, it's your boy L Dog. We're gonna be uh, reading a section of a poem by. I'm gonna too close to my mic. Hey guys, it's your boy L Dog. They were gonna be reading a section of Robert Burns' poem addressed to the Dale. When bowers dissolve the snowy cord, and float the jingling icy board, then water kelpies haunt the fort by your direction, and nighted travelers are allure to their destruction. Welcome to the podcast. Ooh. Kelpies destruction. We're in. <laughs> we're in. We are in it now. Let me let me rotate over here so. Okay. I was just talking so away from the microphone. Face face each other. Yeah. Tender, just like looking at your eyes. Tender eye contact yeah. when we talk about weird Scottish myth. Exactly. Nice. But here we are, the the culmination of four other episodes. Season finale, baby. Memes and dreams. Yep. This is season finale. Thanks for joining us so far. We're ten episodes in. Wow. Crazy. Time flies, don't it? Time flies when you have no concept of it. Amen. <laughs> skirt, skirt. Working life. So, the Kelpie. The Kelpie. What let's, is a Kelpie? Let's get We've into been it. saying it. Listener, you know? you've been, yeah, you're, you're probably thinking to yourself, W T H E double hockey sticks is the Kelpie. That was a long-winded, what the hell is the Kelpie? Boomer ass. Yeah. What is a Kelpie? Well, Kelpie is a spirit. Yeah. Wow, it's just like our last creature. Yeah. So, not necessarily a possessive spirit, but more just a, a malevolent spirit that exists. I have here, they are shape-changing aquatic spirits that hunt rivers and lochs, exclusively in Scotland. Uh, they typically take the shape of either a human or a horse, yet there are some accounts of just like a hairy humanoid creature uh, that it can also shape-change into. Yeah. So that that's what a Kelpie is. It's a shape changing and this is malevolent spirit. Like the spirits we discussed in the previous season with the uh, the First Nations ideas of animism and that there's a spirit yeah. occupying physical bodies like rivers or people or, or even Correct. broader concepts like that. As we discussed, I believe you brought it up in episode three of this season, that there's like a regular realm and there's yeah. a spirity realm but these spirits are they're like corporeal beings like yeah they physically exist they're not exactly possessive. yeah some other notable spirits would be fairies where they're kind of tricksters but they can also be good and they're more yeah they're kind of just like that little mischievous spirit yeah and then they have other things i i don't know i heard i, I was looking with the kelpie there's something with like a selkie but i guess it's similar anyway yeah lots of different spirits and we talked about last time, too, on All Hallows Eve, how that week from fall to winter is like the great bridge from yeah. the, the physical world to the spirit world, where spirits are more active and more likely to jump out. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So. And these are, these are water spirits. They like yeah, to hang out. They by, only I, hang out in like rivers, streams, and lakes. Yeah. I've seen mostly rivers, mm-hmm. um, but locks are also. Uh, yeah. For sure. Nice. And they're malevolent. They protect these rivers. Yeah. I don't think it's one of those like neutral swamp thing, no. like guardian of the forest. They just, they just like killing. Yeah. They they're, yeah, they love to just fucking drown children and, <laughs> and young men. <laughs> um, 
This is cool. I don't know if you saw this in your research, but in Falkirk, in Scotland, they have two giant horse statues for the Kelpie. Oh, yeah, those so are new, right? Those, yeah. like, recently went out. Uh-huh, yeah. Those look pretty cool. And so that kind of, again, like, Scottish, Scott, the Scots and their traditions, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> so they, yeah. I mean, yeah, the Kelpie's a fairly common myth in Scottish culture. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, so uh, I said that they typically shapeshift into either, like, horses or humans. Mm-hmm. Combination of both. Yes. Or uh, like a hairy humanoid. Yeah, the most um, popular current like depiction of a Kelpie is yeah. that of like, it's like the beautiful woman sitting on a rock. She's like washing, she's like brushing her yeah. hair and stuff. But from what I was looking at, the majority of like the classic myths, mm-hmm. most of the Kelpies, should they shape shift, it was in uh, a male form. Mm, interesting. That, that was, uh, I was looking back at like the sort of the origins of it, like the lessons they teach. And they could usually. If they wanted to lure men in, they would just be in the form of the horse, mm. and dudes would be like, "Fuck yeah, free horse!" Yeah, that's <laughs> and then it would drown them. Yeah, and it was like a, it was more of a cautionary tale about like crossing the river. Gotcha. And if they wanted to lure women in, it would take the form of either a handsome man who would like mm-hmm. lure them over and then drag them to our, drag them down, yeah. or it'd just be like some big hairy brute who just like run up and. Donkey punch you, drag yeah. you into the river, straight up strangle you, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I saw on multiple sources like vice-like grip when it was in that hairy figure. Yeah, literally just like crush bones by grabbing you. Yes, it's believed that once you're in horse form, once you're on the back of the kelpie, there's no no force known to man that can remove you mm-hmm. from its from its hind <laughs> from its hind. From its hiney. From its hiney. <laughs> that sticky hiney. <laughs> yeah, so you might be asking yourself, listener, well, you've told me what the Kelpie is, but how does it how does it do these things, like dragging people into locks and streams and rivers? And for that, I've got a great story for you. Oh, let's hear it. So this story is called The Ten Children and the Kelpie. So there's a small village, um, you know, Highlander. Highlander okay. Village. Highlander. <laughs> okay. Highlander. Really setting the scene here. Yeah. Okay, to make a long story somewhat short, uh, children have gone missing in this village, and parents are starting to freak out and get worried. They don't know what's going on. They're there kind of for the day. They go out into the woods, and they don't come home for supper. What's the deal? At this point in the story, nine children have already gone missing. And it's this tenth child who decides that they're going to go out and kind of try to follow the footsteps of their their missing friends. And they come across a stream and a white horse drinking from that stream. This is the Kelpie. Uh, The child doesn't know it's a Kelpie. And it it approaches and the horse kind of like acknowledges the child and almost almost like nudges in its direction like, hey, come pet me. And so the child reaches out to pet it. But the thing about the Kelpie is it's got kind of adhesive, sticky skin. So once you touch it, you are pretty much stuck to it. You're fucked. Yeah. And so the kid, sure enough, touches this Kelpie, and it it neighs. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I'm trying to get the imagery for the the listener. That's good. This is is audio storytelling. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And it charges into the stream. And the kid is freaking out. It cannot get its hand... Its hand, <laughs> as if it's some gremlin-like creature. Like kids aren't people. Yeah, 
hands. Yeah, the child can't get his hand free. It's caught on its fingers. And so he cuts off some of his fingers oh. to escape drowning from the kelpie. Because that's how it kills. Is once you're stuck, it'll pull you to the deepest part of the stream or the lock, and you'll just drown. And then yeah. it'll eat you. And so the child loses some fingers and then comes back uh, and lets everyone know it was a kelpie. And everyone's like, oh my god. And that's the story. A badass kid. Yeah, for real. Cutting off fingers. Yeah, there's some cool storytelling symbolism in that. Numerology for starters, that the fact that nine have died, and nine is symbolically uh, depicted as like the end in numerology. Nine is like mm. over. Uh, so I think it's like the end of the Kelpie's reign with this story. Because number 10 breaks free, kind of breaks the cycle. Yeah. Um, additionally, too, there's lots of, um, there's lots of heroes and in history that have lost their hands or fingers and it's a sign of like a hero sacrificing a part of himself to save others hmm. um and so like luke skywalker luke skywalker is the prime example of a hero who's lost a hand um, i'm sure the scottish pulled a lot from Star yeah Wars they did to, george lucas is very influential <laughs> on scottish culture on ancient scottish culture <laughs> yeah but then that was just an example. You can look through history, and there's there's quite a few heroes that have lost hands or fingers. Yeah. Um, in you know, in the strive of doing greater good. Because had this kid not survived, more kids would die in the county. And so there was a minor sacrifice for the greater benefit of living. Oh. So, yeah, that's that's how the Kelpie kills. That's how kind of spooky. Um, it is. I feel. I feel it's a good. It's a good segue into sort of the, the origins of the myth of yeah. the Kelpie itself and like those those symbolic elements for sure throughout history that have been in it. Oh yeah. I had two major symbolic elements um that I that I came across and came to my own conclusions on. Okay. The first one was most apparently the Kelpie's origination might have been a way to ward off children from venturing near streams yeah. or locks. Because yeah. Swimming was not popular popularized at all. <laughs> we were land mammals yeah. back then. What the fuck would you swim? So yeah, I think it was partially that the fact that Keep like kids away. Yeah, exactly. If you see anything near near a stream or anything, like just don't go near it. Don't even don't risk. Don't it. fuck around with the yeah, stream. You don't want to drown. It's also a lesson yeah. for others as well as it evolved. It's more shape shifting nature. Like don't trust yeah. random riverside men. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I also had here too maybe that uh, it could have been like a, a quite literally against nature, like say a horse is drinking water and a kid sneaks up on it, it might get spooked and just clobber that kid's head in <laughs> with its back hook. So it might it might also that was just my I took an educated guess on that one. That of like be. wildlife can be dangerous, especially when it's in like their most vulnerable state, like yeah. drinking or feeding. So it might just be another, like, stay away from horses, too. And mm. Streams, it's a double whammy. Those are the two I came across. Yeah, what about like, you? Yeah, cautionary tales, lessons. I was looking at, and I'll discuss how it evolved with the advent of, of Christianity and how that spread through Scotland. For sure. But I was looking at it and feeling like some Roman influence, because the god in, I guess, the Greek mythology was uh, the god Poseidon who created horses. Yeah. And he's often seen in various depictions throughout like stories and pop culture and stuff that he like rides water horses around. That's like For this sure. thing. And I believe that's uh some other mythical creature is like pretty much that. It's like a horse made out of water. Oh yeah. Like, I yeah. I, I don't know. There are a lot of horse 
water spirits. I saw a couple on the Isle of Man in the lowlands, and then there's another Scottish creature that has that same like water horse yeah. spirit. Yeah, this, and I don't think this is necessarily just exclusive to Scotland either. No. I think you're right. It is almost like a Christian influence. Well, not quite Christian um, yet. I'm thinking more like but, Roman, and then as, sure. with the advent. As Christianity okay, spread yeah, up yeah. to Scotland, the myth sort of changed. Mm-hmm. Got a little mixed up. It, yeah, we could, we could talk mm-hmm. about that. Um, True. It could also be strictly from maybe Druidic practices. Yeah, it definitely started out as like a, yeah, a more, more traditional. Because yeah. it has those influences of yeah, the, you know, the spirits. spirits and the fairies and whatnot. Yeah. I'd seen in some things that when it transforms, it transforms into like a wise and old man. That would like Ted Bundy people. It could be like, hey, can you help me real quick? And then just yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. drown him. Yeah, I would say that um, when it was when it was in this figure, he would be wearing green robes. And those robes are often like the color. It's like the fairy colors. Gotcha. Like that, that sage, makes sense. like that forest Resembles kind of color. Nature. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So it is like a nature. It's more natural spirit. And it was believed one of the ways to kill it was with iron. Mm. And this is, you know, sort of during the Iron Age that this mm-hmm. myth began to spread. And we see um, that was probably like, you know, the most man-made thing you can do. It's like as far from nature as you could get Very at the true. time. Yeah, smelting. Yes, smithing. smelting and yeah. iron and stuff. Like that was the, yeah, that was, you know, sort of the first industrialized practice. Very was cool. that kind of like smithing and stuff. So it's like pretty much the opposite as far away as you could get from nature. That's what we're killing. Is a way that you could kill this nature. Very spirit. cool. Man, you could take that in a cultural implication as we've progressed farther and farther from nature, too. That's it. I just wanted to. We can cut that. That was, <laughs> that was so cringy. Get some lips. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I also read another way to kill the Kelpie. And this is the Kelpie's, like, kryptonite. It's one weakness. Ooh. Is its bridle. Yes. Now, in horse form. If you could manage to grab the bridle before you were pulled into the water, you could, the Kelpie bowed to your will. It's your bitch. Yeah. Yeah. You held that bridle, the Kelpie will follow whatever you command. And the cool thing about this, too, was that Kelpies then were mythically sought after because they they were reported to be stronger than 10 horses combined. Yeah, 10 horses, and they would never tire in their work. Exactly. So they would be like, you know, the prized animal for a great clan or house. Which brings me to Clan McGregor. Oh, Clan McGregor. Yeah, so this is my second story for the day. Um, yeah, basically a man from Clan McGregor. He's, he's, um, he's journeying from one town to another, and he happens to cross Loch Ness. Uh, and as he's kind of going near the perimeter of this lake, he spots a beautiful white horse. Um, and it's a Kelpie. He knows it's a Kelpie. And so he sneaks up behind it, manages to grab the bridle and slice it off with a knife. Um, and the Kelpie just <laughs> freaks out and chases him, trying to run him down. And the man makes it back to the castle, Pine McGregor's castle, how the tale goes. Um, and he's like, pretty much, he's, he's fucking dangling it over the wall, just like <laughs> boasting about how he got a Kelpie's bridle. And this Kelpie is like pleading with him. It's trying to trick him into giving the bridle back. It's saying, oh, I can give you whatever you want. You know, you want wealth? You got it. Whatever. Just please, I need my bridle back. <laughs> um, and the dude's all like, mm, pass. <laughs> um, 
He knows that the Kelpie is a trickster spirit. It's malevolent. It tricks people by alluring them to touch it, basically. And so why would its words be any different? And so he basically calls the Kelpie out and is like, yeah, get fucked. Get pissed on, Kelpie. <laughs> and the Kelpie, like, just freaks out and cries and goes and dies. It, uh, I read that in this story it takes 24 hours after a bridle is cut for the Kelpie to die. But if it gets it back, it can basically just reattach it. It's slimy, magical. It's weird. It's just, it's yeah. Skin. yeah. Yeah. So, and, uh, yeah, and so it's rumored that even today the Kelpie bridle has been passed down through Clan McGregor. Um, and the bridle itself is meant to give you boisterous health, good fortune, good luck. All yeah, these. I've seen protection from old, dark magic is yeah. the, uh, the Kelpie's bridle. Absolutely, yeah. It's a good artifact to have. So, yeah, there's, there's, there's a nice little story for you. Yeah, that is nice. And you said he could tell right away that it was a Kelpie. What, mm-hmm. what in your research would have been some, because there are telltale signs that give away, oh. in its various forms, that yeah. it is a Kelpie. Uh, it didn't say in that story. Not in that one. But he just knew it was a Kelpie. Yeah. yeah. It probably didn't specify in that story. But in the in the folklore yeah. there is uh there are some discerning factors that it is a Kelpie. For sure. And horse form from what I've seen, or actually in all forms, is that their hair is wet. Like yeah. its mane's wet, if it's like a Always pretty lady wet. or whatever, it's mm-hmm. like their hair's gonna be wet. Like it's just gotten out of a bath. Like it just got out of, say, a river from yeah. drown someone. Yeah, exactly. Um, I've seen some that in horse form, it's either has seaweed on its hooves or its hooves are backwards. Oh, interesting. I um, haven't seen the backwards. I, I, I read the seaweed one. Hooves. Its ears are like shorter than hmm. a regular horse. Interesting. Um, if it's like cool. in person, it'll have like shit in its hair. Like river shit. River shit. <laughs> river shit. It's just got straight up Scottish feces. <laughs> Scottish river shit. Yeah. A desirable <laughs> artifact. Hmm. Delectable haggis, leftover haggis, leftover haggis, and oats in its hair. Gross. Yeah, there are telltale signs for sure. Yeah. On, on top of that, and we we talked about this, I think, in the introductory episode. But even in human form, some telltale signs might be that maybe it has hoofed feet, but it would like it would be bathing, so you know its feet would be under the water, so it could trick people um, by not by not showing its like. It's shape-shifting parts. You know? Tricky little fuck that thing tricky, is. Tricky little Kelpie. Yeah. Trick, tricksy Kelpie. Yeah. And I've seen, um, be a good time to talk about, uh, as Christianity had spread yes. through, through the uh, then dunked on Roman Empire up through Scotland, uh, they did as the early Christian monks do, and they're like, oh, you're a myth? Buddy, that's been a Christian myth. The whole this time. The time. <laughs> what do you know? Yeah. It's actually that. And they, they did the same thing with well, the Kelpie. But, incredible. You know, they just like... First Bacchus, now the Kelpie. <laughs> when does it end? Still has <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Oh, this technology? God. God. <laughs> Gift from God. Jesus imagine, actually imagine uses the Imagine being a doctor. The doctor took your tumor out. Jesus saves. <laughs> Jesus made that doctor Jesus. Christian. <laughs> Those were Christian hands. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, sorry. But <laughs> Christianity, Christian influence in mythology. Yes, the myth had been adapted as it spread. The Kelpie became, instead of, you know, because they were trying to bench the idea, those pagan ideas. So it went from being like a, you know, a fairy spirit, water spirit, to being mm-hmm. like a demon mm-hmm. that needed to be exercised. 
This was also around the time that the idea of being able to kill dark creatures with silver was popular. So it went from being able to kill a Kelpie with iron to being able to kill one with silver. Interesting. As you would witch or whatever. Silver's a nice pure metal. Yeah. Second place, only to God. Only to God. <laughs> Got him. Got him. Got him. Amen. Amen. There was another one which also included the bridle. And this is where you see that myth of like, oh yeah, taking the bridle is a thing, but there's an extra step. Because mm. it's a Christian myth, that's what it always has been, of yeah. course. Yeah. Um, always. Always. Um, you take the bridle and I believe you need to like stamp a cross onto it or like Interesting. emboss it. And that would like cure it of its malevolence. You would, yeah, do that and then you put it back on the Kelpie and that would exercise it. Oh, weird. But you'd still get like the badass horse. In fact, I don't know if you get to keep the horse oh. afterwards. Oh, it might just be a that's lengthy, just how to kill the Kelpie? Yeah, like a lengthy process of how to kill it. Gotcha. Obviously, you wouldn't want to be associating yourself. <laughs> Very with true. these hellish spirits. Yeah. These sick pagan myths. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. So it was all just various ways to kill it. Um, cool. Like that, and how it was adapted for the Christian yeah. myth. The, interesting. The Christian myth. What a sight to behold. Huh? What, a, what a time. Yeah. Can I go into Bacchus real quick? Talk about it. Let's talk. Let's talk about Bob. Let's talk yes. Bacchus break. Bacchus break. So on top of uh, Christians, uh, Christ, Christianizing pagan uh, ideas and and myths and traditions. You guys know Bacchus, listener. Are you familiar with Bacchus, the Roman god of drinking and partying? Yeah. <laughs> say yes. nothing if the answer is yes. Say, say nothing if you know. Um, Bacchus, in a lot of Roman artistry, is a baby. He's just a little party baby. <laughs> party baby. Yeah. <laughs> but um, when Christianity took over, they were like, that's that's not Bacchus. That's baby Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of Roman, uh, Roman depictions of uh, Jesus as a baby is actually just repurposed Bacchus. Rebranded um, Bacchus. Yeah, rebranded. Bacchus rebranded. I like um, how... As we uncover more context of history, old baby paintings of Jesus are the Roman party god. Yeah. And then the new ones where it's like what you picture, what you're picturing as Jesus in your head right now is like Michelangelo's gay lover. Michelangelo's butt buddy. (laughs) Yeah. Christians. Got him. They really know how to how to change. I'm sure in in the future, like post apocalypse. Um, oh, yeah. People are going to be praying to pictures of Jesus, but it's like Ewan McGregor from yeah. Attack of the Clones. Oh, yeah. It's like his Obi-Wan look. Like Jesus. Oh, that's Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> what if it's it just like, <laughs> like Charles Manson? <laughs> <laughs> like, he only... did come back, and then the end of the world happened. Post-resurrection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be terrible. That would. Yeah. I was thinking, what, what do you think would be like the new religion in like 2,000 years? Once Christianity kind of has its run, just shit like, coins like shit. like Dogecoin, <laughs> like Dogecoins yeah. is gonna become so popular. Crypto, it's gonna become like this just like galaxy wide entity. It already is a cult. It's like the Doge Dyson Sphere or whatever. Dogecoin, oh, it's so bad. God of the Sun sold my house for Doge. We're going to the moon, baby. <laughs> but really, he's going to the morgue after he after he ends his life from financial crisis. <laughs> 
<laughs> After his parents find him for taking out their fucking retirement savings. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, crazy that people do that. Yeah. Anyway. So that's, yeah. Anything else on Christian? Did she just play fetch with herself? She did. <laughs> that is so cute. We got a dog, listener. Yeah. When I say we, I mean my fiance yeah. and I. Yeah, and I'm his fiance. Yeah, his fiance. And I love her like, oh, no. Now she's going to knock over the ball rolled under the table of crystals. Oh, God. Oh, she got it. She's right. very dexterous. Good job, it. girl. Okay. <laughs> okay, anyway. Anyway. Oh, animals are so cool. Animals are cool. <laughs> okay, anything else for Christian? Uh, Christian warping? Warping? <laughs> Rebranding? Warping? Uh, no. Oh, one last thing. Okay. Uh, the Kelpie could definitely be construed as like a satanic figure because of its like hoofed feet in human form. Oh, yeah. Kind of like the satyr, how that's almost like a satanic yeah. looking creature now. That's right. Have you noticed that, uh, like, satanic-esque or hellishly associated creatures in Christian mm-hmm. myth are often, not in this case, but, like, creatures of positive influence, another one? Kind of like livestock. Like the ram or the lamb. Yeah. 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 Like that. I Snakes is the big one, I notice. Mm-hmm. Snake really fucked the world in Christian myth. And yeah. a lot of other ones, it's like the symbol of, uh, it's like rebirth, how they shed their skin. Yes. Um, it's often, yeah, it's like the death and subsequent rebirth. Yeah, it's like this yeah. thing of circle of life, mm-hmm. since you know it can like coil up and stuff. It's yeah. often using those those cyclical imagery and whatnot. Are you familiar with Carl Jung at all? Vaguely. He uh, did a study where he looked at Aboriginal Australian tribes, mm-hmm. and he was focused on the adolescent boys and their tradition into manhood. You sure he's not a Catholic? I'm <laughs> <laughs> positive. He was strictly observational. But he looked at yeah, that's um, he looked at these children or young teens, pretty much. And so the tradition in these Aboriginal Australian tribes that you would be circumcised, become an adult, become a male adult. And so that's not like a baby circumcision, like you no, straight this teenager. Is like teenager. Oh yeah. man, that's straight that's up. tough. Yeah, um, but they would report they would have dreams of a snake coming to bite off the head of their penis. Hmm. Um, and so he used that as kind of a jumping off point of like the snake sim- symbolism in like a lots of mythology of how it is this death and rebirth. Yeah. Yeah. It's occasionally I've also seen it as a symbol of gluttony. Oh, Because yeah. of the weird ass way they eat. Oh, yeah. I just, yeah. We watched my snake eat this morning. Yeah. It was very I have cool. a pet snake. It's, it's crazy. Huge job. The guy just like stretches <laughs> out. Yeah. That's like, <laughs> that's like CJ eating glizzies. <laughs> <laughs> CJ, if you're listening, get God. Get God. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we gotta convince him to watch this episode. Uh, He's got him now. He's uh, gone. Never gonna watch another one. Yeah, for real. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So yes, and the Kelpie was not that it, it was a malevolent spirit to begin with, but it was extra yeah. demonized. The idea that you can claim it and use it as a workhorse is now next. Yeah. You gotta exercise that thing back to hell where it came mm-hmm. from. Evil, evil spirit. Evil spirit. Devil. All spirits, bad spirits. Oh yeah. Except the spirit of Christ, baby. Amen. Okay, one more thing on the Christianity I wanted to touch on. Okay. This is just a fun fact. Lucifer. The name Lucifer? Never mentioned in the Bible. Do you know? I haven't read the Bible in oh, so long. Fair, fair. Yeah, I haven't either. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, a lot of people, you know, they talk about Lucifer 
as if it were a biblical figure, but the only biblical figure is Satan. Lucifer actually comes from Paradise Lost. It was a, uh, who wrote it? Was it John? Uh, your boy John. And Lucifer, that's in the, that's the archangel who fell and became Satan. Yes, that's the, yeah. who that is. Mm-hmm. Oh, John Milton, Paradise Lost. There we go. John Milton's Paradise Lost actually introduced the name Lucifer into the Christian uh, ethos. Is that what it would be? I don't know. I guess. When did that come out? That was in, well, let's look it up. It's, I had it right on my phone. But I want to say like 16 or 1700s. So, uh, 1667 was when it was published. And Lucifer, hey girl, Lucifer is uh, a harken back to a Greek god, and their name was Lightbringer. Hmm. That was what Lucifer translated to in Greek, was Lightbringer. Um, and so in Don Milton's Paradise Lost, it's basically the retelling of the Garden of Eden. Um, and Lucifer is this kind of very intelligent, well-kept man that convinces Eve to eat the apple hmm. and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, interesting that in, in Milton's idea, Lucifer is now carried on to like current contemporary Christianity as another word for Satan. But in actuality, he was writing it as a, a Greek a symbol of enlightenment, light bringer, to bring, you know, it's Prometheus. Yeah, it's the, the modern retelling like of Prometheus. Promethean type thing. Yeah. Get like the knowledge of the gods for people. Exactly. And, and then yeah, Lucifer was, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm. Fun fact. Yeah, this kind of turned into a Christianity episode. It, I'd love to do Christianity. <laughs> I, yeah, I would too. That would be cool. Just do it on be, religions. Let's, let's just look at the mythos of Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> and then we'll just look at every single culture and see what they picked apart and threw in the Bible there. <laughs> the Bible. Yeah, the Bible. Christian tradition has definitely warped a lot of pagan, pagan tradition. Yeah. Yeah, and we see that in this one, and that's when we get. Is it called the Scottish Cross? The Celtic Cross. The Celtic Cross. Celtic Cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's how it's adapted. Yeah. How strange. Yes, indeed. But very cool. Very cool indeed. So the Kelpie. Okay. Yeah. I only have one more thing about the Kelpie. Okay. Um, and that's weather. Yes. I so, yeah, weather. Okay. Yeah. So the Kelpie also was very attuned to weather, and when it sensed a storm coming. It would wail and howl. Uh, this would alert a bunch of people to the fact that maybe a giant storm's coming and maybe we should go indoors. Mm. Uh, and then the, the, the screaming of the Kelpie would carry on throughout the storm. Uh, we can look at this as maybe a, this is how they explain harsh winds. Yeah. <laughs> of just that, like, you know. Very scary. <laughs> yeah, very scary. Kelpie scary. Kelpie level. Um, and then also... You would know it got a kill um, because it would, its tail, whenever it would grab someone and drag them into the water, when its tail hit the water, it would make the sound of thunder. Wow. So there's an interesting weather implication with the Kelpie as well. Mm-hmm. The thunder signified a kill. I, I guess it so. It usually follows lightning, and lightning's pretty lethal. So yeah, absolutely. It's like, yeah. yeah, it's just the sound of like, like uh just deadly shit around. Kelpie got another. <laughs> Kelpie got out of it. It's like it's like the fucking Hunger Games cannon. Yeah. <laughs> the Kelpie gets you, your ass gets thrown up on the fucking kill feed. Oh, <laughs> the little oh, battlefield. Little Jamie! Little Jamie! Little Jamie! That fucker is the Kelpie! He's in the walk, man! I can't! 
saw that um, there was a, a rather famous Kelpie mm-hmm. uh, known to hang around the River Stye. River Stye? River Stye, I believe it is. Yeah. That's a famously dangerous Scottish river mm. in which, and in Scotland, that is the weather. Very rainy there. Oh, yeah. Those rains can often flood some of the larger rivers. Flood, <laughs> flood hazards. Blood Scotland happened. just did not seem like a fun, habitable place. <laughs> when it was left alone, vicious maybe. Vicious cold, vicious winds, flooding. You can farm like 30%. <laughs> yeah. Not arable, badass. But views. Yeah. Yeah, the flooding, that could definitely, and I could see that as part of the weather myth, too, is like the hard rains and everything. Yeah. Like, that would be a malevolent spirit in its own right. That would like ravage an entire community. Yeah, get flooded over. You know, Kelpie has the strength of ten horses. Your house getting flooded. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's wailed. It's like you know it's coming. Yeah, like, it's just <laughs> you pick a bad day to live near a river. <laughs> bad generation. Bad generation. <laughs> you picked the bad. You were born in the wrong generation. <laughs> you were born in the wrong. Side of the world. Born too late to pick pick a settlement spot, and too early to industrialize uh, flood prevention. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and that would often be in around the lake side. There is a, yep. a white horse mm-hmm. again, I'd probably to make you know, since black horses are often seen as like bad omens or whatever, the white ones like yeah, whatever. white is most commonly associated with purity and innocence. Which well, is perfect for kind of the trickster, yeah, the, the tricky nature. It even has its own bridle. You, you see a wide, beautiful white stallion with fucking bridle on it walking mm-hmm. around. It's like, yeah, you know, those were like the cars back in the day. Absolutely, it's like walking up. Horses were like cars back. They're like the fucking. They're the cars of the past, and you're, yeah. you're just like walking around. They were. <laughs> and you're walking around the woods, and you yeah. see some like white BMW with the doors open yeah. and the engine running, <laughs> <laughs> and then you get yeah. in and it just drives into a river. <laughs> Tragic. <laughs> Tragic, but, you know, honestly, I can't yeah. blame him. Yeah, horses were a lot like cars, you know? That's how you got Except, uh, if you got a flat tire on a horse, you just had to put it down. <laughs> you have to just fucking <laughs> beat it with a rock. Oh, horse meat. We're, still eating, we're eating horse Except, meat. Except you eat your car when it gets flat. Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> you, just, you just fuck up your kids. Oh, yeah. Circle of life, baby. That'd be like that. Mm-hmm. But, we yeah. mentioned last episode we were going to get into Nessie. I'm going to be real. I did not research Nessie yet. I don't want to get too much into Nessie. I, I know. know. She hangs out at locks. Yeah. Lock Ness. Don't believe. Uh, yeah. Don't believe Possibly that. a plesiosaur. Right? Yeah. That's. Yeah. The only documentation is a stick hanging out of the lock. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Nessie. Cool. There's Nessie. There's For all you listeners that were listening to the lock Nessie. There you go. There you go. Glad you sat through five episodes for that. I bet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. A nice TED talk. Have you heard um, about how sea monsters might be coming back? No. And throughout history, like, when all the... Someone, I forget, I'll need to link it. uh, They dated, like, when the tales of sea monsters were written or, like, published and stuff. And they're all around periods of great warming. Oh, interesting. So, like, post-Ice Age, um, there was one, I believe there was a, there was sort of a warming event, um, like, globally (laughs) around the Middle Ages. Yeah. Um, There was, like, a naturally occurring generational fluctuation. And that's also when, you know, more of, like, sailor-type myths of sea monsters and stuff came out. Damn, they're making a comeback. Yeah, now here we are. What? (laughs) 
this is gonna be like a Ice Age two. <laughs> I forget what it. Oh fuck it! I know which one you're talking. Yeah, about. it's got like the weird ice fish that. Are yeah, just, the like, fish they get unfrozen. Manny has to fight some fish underwater. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Manny. Manny. Wow, what a banger franchise. Nice. Yeah, that would be cool. I wonder, too, if that could explain, um... <laughs> Damn, Vienna. She's, she's vibing right now. to go outside, probably. Um, I wonder if that could also relate to, kind of, waters rising up to, like, dock towns, or, like, just towns and provinces near bodies of water. Mm. Hey, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but like that, the fact that they could flood entire towns, just like over the course of twenty years, when the when the water levels rise, yeah, that can have any association with water monsters as well. Um, I don't know, like taking over, you know, curse of the gods. Exactly. Like, oh, a giant beast came and flooded us, washed it away. Yeah, mm. exactly. Food for thought. Food for thought. Well, Speaking of which, next season, listener. We're getting into some sea monsters. Oh, yeah. We've gotten into some river monsters. River monsters <laughs> with, with, <laughs> with the Kelpie. We've gotten into land monsters with the Wendigo. <laughs> now we're hitting sea monsters. We're going all the way out. Oh, yeah. Deep sea. Not deep sea. No. Like. Open sea. Open sea. Open sea, sin. The coastal area. <laughs> it's open sea, sin. Season three. That's your hint. That's <laughs> See. Ruminate see. on that, why yeah. don't you? Thanks so much for listening. Definitely tune in. We appreciate you. Happy finale. Enjoy this two-week break. I know we will. Yeah. <laughs> Peace. I'm gonna play with my dad.